the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's the Date Day Show, and I am so happy to be back in Texas. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh, and you're listening to The Word to Stand On for Life, a radio program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions, whatever's on your heart or mind. All you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585 if you're Outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. Uh, you can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, uh, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send your questions to us that way. If you're driving in your car on this cold, cold day, uh, all you have to do is, or the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, it was 76 degrees in Tucson. That was the best thing about it. <laughs> the worst thing was getting on that airplane yeah, again. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we're back. Welcome yeah. to the program. Thank you, sweetie, and welcome back. Welcome home. And I'm glad, at least since you had to go over there, you had decent weather. And your flight saw went well, and, you know, you did your little testimony, testif- testifying, and then they're like, okay, you're good now. You can go home and praise the Lord for Sam. I've been praising the Lord for Sam for days because <laughs> he took you. I didn't have to go. You, you use the word testimony. I, I, maybe that's what it should have done when they swore me in, and they did. Mm-hmm. I should have just started telling about Jesus. Do you, do you promise to tell the truth, whole truth, and nothing but the truth? We hope you got. Yes, Jesus was lived. He died. He rose again. I could. They would have dismissed me right away. Huh? I was thinking when they called the house. Uh, it was a week ago today, right? Yeah, and they you you had to um, you know answer a bunch of questions. I was sure. Somebody's going to get saved because you were giving them the gospel, Pastor Ron. <laughs> and then I thought, well, that was such a, a, a total, you know, testimony that, oh, they won't need you now. They got all the information they need. Oh, well, you're a great witness. They're like, oh, no, we got to have this man come over here. So it was it was good that you went. Yeah, I'm I, sure it was sweet for the family that was there. I, I've been in court a lot of times mm-hmm. for certain things. Yeah. But uh, church-related things. Um, but this was my first time in a military court-martial. Mm-hmm. And we were at, a, at an Air Force base in Tucson. And I kept saying, I'm going to find a way to work in. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> but they didn't give me an opportunity to do that. <laughs> so you had to save that for another day. Oh, no, I don't want to go yeah. again in a court-martial trial again. You don't know waste that. You know, if, if this was TV... Everybody would have been able to experience the face you just had right now. So it, it's probably coming, babe. You're going to be on TV. You can't handle the truth. That was awesome. Anyway. Well, it's your show, so what's it on is. your heart? Well, you know, when the kids were in here uh, praying before the show, 
the, the little girl who prayed today, Jesse, she said, uh, dear Lord, for those who are going out on this Halloween night, you know, trick-or-treating, um, keep them safe. And that was my first thing on my to talk about, you know, it's Halloween, actual day to day, everywhere we've gone. Um, people have on costumes, and I just came from the, you know, my second ministry work at HEB. <laughs> and there was a grown lady with her pajamas on and, and pink what is styrofoam uh, rollers in her hair, you know. And, and, her, and I guess it was her husband who was with her. He was dressed pretty much the same. <laughs> the same, and so I'm like, oh, okay. And then watching some TV today, even on the news, all the commercials, everything is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. And all I could think about is, man, if we could just get that much press for Jesus, you know, that would be awesome, and maybe we could be out of here. But anyway, that the kids would be safe, that they would be smart. You know, this is just, for, to me, a scary, evil time. And, uh, you know, I don't... I, I, I tried to make light of of Halloween before I was a Christian. You know, it was just a fun kind of thing, but mm, I don't really like it. Yeah, we've never been Halloween people, and um, just the... It, it just seems so silly. And, and you know, I'm not not talking about the, the spiritual uh, ramifications of Halloween. Uh, we were talking this morning. This is the first... Year, I've never had any questions about Halloween. Yeah. Every year on this program, uh-huh. people say, "Well, should Christians?" And, and they say, "You know, let your kids have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let your kid, but, but just honor God in the process and let, let, let them be a, a witness to, to the darkness out there." But it just—I don't understand why grown men and grown women don't. Oh, Ken got a call while I was gone. Oh, by the way, thanks to Pastor Ken. I, I for, must have missed it because I only got the second half of the show. On um, yeah. Tuesday, so maybe that yeah. was because I listened to the show yesterday. I didn't hear it, but okay, good. Well, well, good. Well, let's take a break, Paul. We got a call, and we don't want to keep him holding too yeah. long. Let's go to Robert on line one from San Antonio. Robert, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron, um, how you doing today? I'm doing really well, thanks. Hey, listen, can you give me and hello to your wife? Um, can you? Please just kind of give me like um, a little hor- uh, historical perspective on Halloween. And I kind of like what you said about letting your kids have fun. I'm trying to always grasp that. And I know I've heard you speak about it before, but I don't know if you can kind of give me like a little historical perspective, what your thoughts on Halloween are and how we should treat our kids. Like you said, let them have fun, not let them have fun. And I'm just going to actually record what you're saying so I can play it back to myself again over the years. But um, if you could kind of talk a little bit about that, what it all means, and um, put that into perspective for me, if that makes sense, what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, it does. It does, Robert. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, A a couple of things. You know, Halloween takes on a little additional significance here in South Texas. Uh, because of the Dia de los Muertos uh, holiday. Now, that's something that, cultural or otherwise, is evil from the pit of hell. To, 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 and I know that's not what you're asking, Robert, but, but you know, for Christians to participate in, in, in uh, any kind of a festival that dishonors the Lord is, is clearly disobedient to the Lord. Uh, and, and we're talking about adults who are responsible to make those decisions. So uh, there, there's a little more to Halloween here than I think in the rest of the country. Uh, Halloween for me, uh, even as a kid, I never liked getting dressed up. Uh, I remember going to uh, our school, you wore a costume all day long. I just put on my Little League baseball uniform. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, th- there was just, I, I've never had a costume on. It, I just would feel this like the silliest person in the world. Um, I, I don't like silly adults. <laughs> So it's just it's just one of the, I love them, but I don't like them. Yeah, if you know what I, I mean. I know. Uh, it's just one of those things, Robert, that that uh, it doesn't appeal to me, and and uh, I, I have a very little um, understanding of of what would make somebody want to go out door to door. I wouldn't want my children. You know, we tell them don't eat that junk all year long, but on, on one day a year we send them out uh, to trick or treat. Um, uh, on a spiritual perspective. Christians are always supposed to be treats. We're always supposed to be in our best behavior. We're always supposed to be a light. So even the, 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 the primary thesis of Halloween shouldn't apply. Uh, having said that, um, I think too many Christian parents 
who, who I'm going to editorialize a little bit here, Robert, who violate the Word of God all year long in their lives. You know, the fruit of the Spirit's not evident in their homes. They, they say ugly things to one another. They raise their voices. They're not living in, in a home that's governed by Jesus Christ. And yet suddenly, when it comes to Halloween, it's, oh, no, you can't go. That's of the devil. I, I think that's giving it too much credit. I also think that it's setting children apart, especially kids in public schools. I think it's setting them apart from their classmates uh, in, in, in a way that could be unhealthy. So here's what I, the position I've taken from the very beginning, uh, when I became a Christian long before I was pastor on, uh, was, was simply this. If your kids are going to go out, let them have fun with the rest of their friends and, and certainly safe and supervised and all those things. But, but take the opportunity to, to give them um, um, costumes that honor the Lord. Um, I'd love to see little kids dressed up like King David. Well, what, what great, if you got brothers and, you know, you could, you could be King David uh, and Goliath and his brothers or kind of things, you could have a theme. Um, but, but you see, you could tell a story. And, and it used to be when I was a little kid that people would say, well, oh, what are you dressed up as? Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to say, I'm dressed up as King David from the Bible. A man after God's own heart. I mean, there's opportunities to witness. Um, if you have a, a, a daughter, uh, give her an opportunity to dress up like Queen Esther or, or, or the Virgin Mary. Um, it, it's just a, a way to witness, to have fun, to keep our hearts and our minds in the right place. Uh, I don't think there's anything inherently evil about it. And I also think, Robert, that those adults, Christians now, who know uh, it's darkness and it's evil and it's the devil's day. I, I think they're unrealistic uh, about their perspective on these things. What God does is he takes pagan things and turns them into things that honor him. He did that with me, Paula. He did it with you. He, he does it with, with days. Uh, uh, you know, Easter certainly didn't have holy roots when, it, when, when that, that, that began. Um, um, we take a day that belongs to the world, and we redeem it for Christ. That's what the gospel of Christ is about the business of doing. So, Robert, I, I really don't think our kids should sit home and say, no, I can't go and have fun because my mom and daddy believe in Jesus. I, I think it should be just the opposite. We should be the most fun people. We have the most reasons to have fun and to be joyful, and we have the opportunity then to uh, to be a light for Christ, even in the darkness, which is exactly what our commission is. Paula, would you yeah, add something? Yeah, it's kind of neat because quite a few churches are um, doing like fall festivals because they want to have their children in particular uh, safe. And then, you know, the Christian kids can invite unsaved kids to, you know, a, a fall festival where it's not about witches and goblins and Dracula, you know, and stuff like that. It's, it's Christ-centered. They're still going to get the games. They're still going to, you know, the the jack-o'-lanterns or whatever you want to call it. the pumpkins aren't, you know, evil looking. They're usually kind of cute, um, and and they put, you know, candles or whatever inside of them. Like I mean, you can even represent that as the light of the world, shining out of the darkness um, into the light. And then for us, just so you know, next year, Joy of Jesus is actually on. Halloween, October 31st, 2020. And we are already prepared. We know there's, there's going to be people coming out there in costumes and, you know, hopefully not too ugly and awful, but we're ready for that as well. And we're taking the message of Jesus Christ. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm with you, Pastor Ron. Yeah. I, used to, I used to do um, our kids before either one of us were saved. Um, they would want to go out. And we were so poor, I just remember... Tying a like a, like a a blanket, a cut off blanket around Ronnie's neck, and he no <laughs> offense, but he always wanted to be Dracula. I'm like, oh my goodness! And then Terry was always a football player, and um, yeah, the bobbing for the apples and all that kind of stuff, I, you know. But we didn't know any better. But um, once we got saved, we knew, you know, that darkness, and so we just kind of lightened it up and made it yeah. fun. I think a lot of people, Robert, forget that our commission is to go into the darkness with the light of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that we can have these sort of unholy separations where, oh, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with 
uh, Halloween or Christmas or or Easter because they're pagan ceremonies. Um, um, I think wherever pagans are gathered, that's where Jesus is, and we need to be out there sharing the truth of the gospel. Robert, you asked about the origins of Halloween. It's Celtic in in its genesis. Um, it was the day uh, marked the end of summer, and the harvest uh, was the beginning of the dark, cold winter time of year that was often associated with uh, human death. Uh, that's where the darkness comes from it. Uh, the festival of Samhain, Sam, Sam uh, people would light candles and bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. Uh, Pope Gregory III in the 8th century designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. That's what we're doing here with the, the Dia de los Muertos, only it's the the, the souls of the, the the spirits of our loved ones, our departed loved ones, who they come back and they actually enjoy our presence as well. They have meals. That is absolutely uh, a violation of scripture and evil to the core. So um, what's happening is uh, the, the evening before All Saints Day uh, was uh, known as Halloween Eve and later became Halloween. Um, I, I don't care too much about the origins. What I care is what we do with any vehicle that the Lord has provided for us as an opportunity to share Jesus. So, Robert, thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the opportunity. It's kind of awesome to think, as you're talking, Ron, um, witches and warlocks, you know, I mean, we even have people who are claiming to be witches and that kind of stuff, even today. And to think, you know, as you pray for people, God can redeem them and wants to. (laughs) Believe me. I was praying for that guy on TV today dressed up like Rod Stewart. <laughs> I just think, I just think Lord, Stop. that man needs Jesus. Yeah. He's, he's a grown man, yeah. and he's trick-or-treating like Rod Stewart on television. So, Anyway. Yeah. Anybody wants to send some, you know, Reese's peanut butter cups, I'm still good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, anyway, so be safe. Um, have fun and and parents, please, you know, go with your kids and only take them to people that you know. It's a strange, strange world. Uh, people are still trying to hurt people, mm-hmm. and so please be careful. We we haven't had any trick or treaters in our neighborhood for three or four years. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, and bigger and better good, stuff. What's good thing? Because I went to the store. Guess what I forgot. don't come to our house Um, okay Pastor Ron so we were talking about what we're going to be doing next week you're going to get on a plane again sir oh yeah but that's after a a car ride but we're going to be in uh, Houston next Thursday and Friday and Saturday for the Texas Oklahoma Calvary Chapels Pastors and Wives Conference and uh, you know my word has been. Go ahead. you want to tell them? Reboot. Reboot. Okay. So uh, Yanni called me, uh, the pastor's wife over at Calvary Chapel Houston, and um, she wants me to speak. And so I said, oh, okay, okay. So what's your theme? Guess what she said? Refuel. <laughs> yeah. Refuel. Same thing. Refuel, repent, rebuke, you know, remember. Return, reset, yeah. So, refuel. So, what are you going to take it, like two hours? uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) With all the R words, uh, reinvigorate. You know, there's there's a bunch of words I could use, but refuel. And my topic is refuel your marriage. And I'll be talking to only women, Uh, you know, the women over there. and, and we will be doing the radio show live from Houston next week, so mm-hmm. we won't miss any days. Yeah, no, we won't miss. Week. Unless, of course, they can't get it up and running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are technical difficulties yeah, once in a while. Huh? Every once in a while. And so, um, and I was kind of curious as to uh, why they chose the theme refuel. That's for the whole. That's for the whole conference. And as we were talking this morning, you know. Um, Dealing with people, you know, you and I, we let people into our lives, and we are, we 
put ourselves in their lives if they invite us in. So we are connected, but we've had other pastors and their wives, even a few who have come and stayed with us who want to know how you guys do what you do. Um, and one couple in particular said, well, we were taught not to interact with the people in our church, and they were shocked that, you know, <laughs> some just stopped by all time of day and night, you know, because they know that they're free to um, come to our home. I don't know how many people have keys to our to our house, you know, um, but they were told about by uh, uh, they were told that they weren't supposed to interact with the people in their church. They are to go there, teach them, you know, hi, bye, and go home. And that's just not who we are. So for me, this topic of refueling, as I will talk with the ladies, is. Um, do you love the people of God? You know? Um, and you and I talking this morning, even before we left the house, of the joy that our calling has, along with the heartbreak. Um, but I, I can't imagine living any other way. Um, I will say to the ladies, are you on board with your husband's calling? Because it's really both of our calling. Or... Do you resent the ministry? And so in this refueling, I was kind of curious as to why that is the complete theme, not just my th- what the topic I've been given on marriage with the women. Is it that, you know, they're tired? Um, they need to be reinvigorated? That's what it sounds like, refuel. Um, they're not going to the well every day and the, the, I don't know. the implications are they're they're empty yeah. you know when when uh, this is a pastors conference now pastors and wives mm-hmm. and um you know it's it's um uh, i think and and maybe this is off the topic you want to go uh, paula um why don't we take a phone call and okay. we get back here yeah. uh, and do this we oh got, and this one called early in the, yeah, in the show uh let's go to line one and talk with ray from san antonio Hello, Pastor Ron and precious Paula. Um, glad you, glad you are back safe and sound. And I just wanted to reaffirm to anybody that was wondering, prayer works because I was praying for your safe return. But <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Get to, get to the point because we're running short on time. Uh, you did all of these reboot, re, 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 re. I had, I, I had one that just came, slapped me in the head, and it was revitalize. Mm. Okay, mm. that's about it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Appreciate it very, very much. <laughs> all right, Ray. You just talked to yourself, evidently, or the Lord was talking to you, so I'll see you. Maybe tomorrow night, but I'll see you Sunday for sure, because you'll be revitalized. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was a good one. You know, Paula, something we can kind of carry it over to the other side of the break. We've, we're just in three minutes now, but okay. um, uh, we were we were talking about it this morning. I, I think what we have done in America uh, to the model of church uh, is is almost spiritually criminal. You know, um, to to tell a pastor who is Jesus' representative in the church um, not to associate with the people, not to get too close to the people, um, not to be uh, transparent before the people. I mean, all of those things are just the opposite of what we're taught in the Bible. Um, You know, uh, uh, for our model of church in in the West, you know, we have a guy who stands up, and I'm, I'm that guy. We have a guy who stands up before the people and teaches them, and he appears magically just before the sermon starts and disappears quickly as soon as the sermon is over. And because there's there's lots and lots of people out there, everything. Oh, what a gifted, anointed guy he is! When the truth of the matter is, is if we're not loving people that God's brought uh, to to us, um, then we're not anointed at all. It's one thing to be able to regurgitate Bible studies. But but if you can't practically love the people that you're teaching, uh, you're missing the whole point. You know, our job is to watch people. Um, they come to us. Their lives are often in a mess. 
uh, even those who come to us uh, whose lives aren't completely messy, you know, they got all kinds of issues. And as the Word of God is taught, they change. And our job is to sort of take them through the change of life to where they can honor the Lord. And um, unfortunately, we just, we have a, a, a almost a celebrity system for preachers. And all it, all it demonstrates is that both the preachers and the people in the pews don't understand the purpose of church and the function of church. And uh, our, our job is to love these people, to bear their burdens, uh, to lead them to Christ. We can't fix anybody, mm-hmm. but, but we always want to put the one before them who can. Uh, and, um, you know, there's a lot of times when people are really grateful for that, but there, there's times when people lash out. Well, Jesus said that would happen to us. And the idea that we just walk in and magically do a Bible study and walk out and everybody goes, ooh, he's so gifted or he's so annoying, is to miss the whole point of church. It's a community. It's a family. It would be like a father and a husband not speaking to his family except, okay, I'm back. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. So it doesn't make sense. We'll, we'll pursue that a little bit. 340-9585. We'd love your live calls and questions. Or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the program, the date day edition of the show, 340-9585. Robert, if you're still listening, one thing, the most important thing I forgot about this day is this is the day in 1517 where Martin Luther nailed his 95 thesis uh, to the door of the All Saints Church in Wittenberg uh, and began the Protestant Reformation, a significant day uh, in church history. Um, I've had a couple of questions last week about uh, Martin Luther, and and certainly there were questions about Martin Luther uh, individually, but but make no mistake, God used him to... uh, um, to make a, a, a real important point uh, to the church at large. And uh, this is the day that happened all of those hundreds of years ago now. Okay, Paula, it's your day. Okay. Well, we were talking about um, the conference in Houston and, and refueling and then um, talking about uh, us or pastors being involved in the lives of the people that come to their church. You know, we're not supposed to live above them, you know, in, in a gated community, and then we drive half hour, 45 minutes away to the peons of our church. No, we're supposed to be among them. Um, yeah. You're, you and I just happen to be the ones called to lead this church. I mean, when we die, somebody else can and, and may will take over. Um, but... We just, we're not any better. Yeah, let me just, just for the sake, uh, because so many people are listening. Okay. Um, you're not called to take over, or May's not called to take oh, over. Oh, yeah, no, for lead. sure. But yes. just as as a married couple, we're yeah. one flesh kind of thing. Oh, oh, my fault. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, because that would never enter my mind. <laughs> you get called Pastor Paula enough. Every once in a while. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, she is not a pastor. Um, but anyway, you know how here we pray for the lost the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. And then for me, for maybe, I think, 10 years now, Lord Jesus sent some healthy people, you know, healthy sheep as well. But, you know, as we're talking, how are you going to be able to discern who's who if you're not hanging out among them? You know, you listen to people, and you, they come to church, but you, you, you can tell after a while they're not really born again. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit at all. And so you can continue talking to them and you know you give an officer call all the time just like uh, Jared a few years ago at a men's retreat he's coming here 12 years and you know he's a nice guy everybody thinks he's saved but he gets saved at a men's retreat like what you know Um, but the hurting sometimes the hurting people are the most quiet with the biggest 
smiles every once in a while and you kind of think they're okay. And yet, if you'll take the time to, you know, get to know them, um, you'll find out that they're really hurting and there's, there's some healing that we can help them come through. You know, Paul, I think the difference is, is philosophy. You know, we, we have a, a, a corporate approach to church in the United States. Um, got a guy at the top, and he runs the place like a CEO. And, and in, in some ways, that's not inappropriate. Uh, I, I am, as a pastor of, of our church, um, uh, I'm the one that makes the primary decisions. I have a, a board uh, that uh, of people that, that I love and trust. They've been my board of elders forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we make decisions together. But, but make no mistake, their, their function is to um, make sure that um, um, they, they, they're following the vision that God has given me for the church. But I think in a corporate setting, it's like the, the CEO is almost untouchable. You can kind of go by and wave at him. But, but, but ours is a family style. Mm-hmm. And that's what the church was always supposed to be. You, you can't um, not interact with your, with your kids. Mm-hmm. And these, spiritually speaking, are our kids. Mm-hmm. And when they're hurting, we hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're doing well, we rejoice. Mm-hmm. But, but to, to be separated from them by that veneer of, of responsibility is to miss the point. Jesus was always among the people. Mm. The Apostle Paul was always among the people. When they tried to elevate him, he made sure that, that he that he didn't allow them to do that. Mm. Um, the, the idea was to have relationship in the church. Yeah. And you can't do that if all you are is a talking head. Yeah. And I just know too many pastors who lose touch with their, their church bodies uh, and in the process of, of losing touch then that's kind of how they empty themselves and they need refueling. Let's take a phone call, Paul. We've got Lori calling from New Brumfels on line one. Lori, thanks for being patient. You're on the air. Hey. So this is my favorite subject. I just had to call in so that anybody who's listening out there who doesn't go to our church would know from somebody who does go to the church that this is the way our church really is and the way you and Paula really are, and it is unusual. Um, I've never been in a church. I've been saved for almost 40 years, and I've never been in a church. No, wait, more than 40 years. (laughs) It's okay. Not everybody needs to know how old you are, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, We're the same. And and, um, our church is the most loving, transparent, um, genuine church I've ever been a part of, and I totally believe that uh, the pastor and his wife set the tone for that church, and if they are aloof and, you know, distant from the people, then the people who are following them are going to be that way as well, and I've been in those kind of churches before. I was in a church when I was a fairly new Christian where the uh, pastor's wife told me that before they started um, pastoring that uh, they were advised to not trust anyone in their church. And I just thought, wow, that's really sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just... I'm so grateful to be in our church, and I believe that our church is full of the most loving, transparent, um, real, genuine Christians um, that are out there, and very few churches probably have as many as we have. And I don't believe it's so much that those are the kind of people that come to our church, but those are people who've learned what a real, genuine Christian is to be like from their pastor and pastor's wife. And I am so, so grateful for you guys who uh, keep it real. And I I wish that you could do tons of, as much as I wouldn't want you to go, I wish that you could do tons (laughs) and tons of pastor's conferences 
and help pastors to know and pastors' wives to know that this is the way you should be. I love you guys. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. You know, uh, I, I just was, while she was saying that last part, uh, I'm going uh, in April uh, to uh, a pastor's conference where I've been asked to speak about pastors being empowered by the Spirit of God. That's where you boot, Pastor Ron. <laughs> so, I'm telling you. Let's go to, Thank you, guys. Uh, okay. Thanks, Lori. Let's go to Jeff on line two from San Antonio. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Welcome back. So glad you're back, Pastor Ron. You didn't miss the cold night. You got back in time. <laughs> We're the freezing cold. When, when we landed yesterday, Jeff, uh, we went outside and waiting for Paula to pick us up outside the terminal. And like I thought was, it was 76 when we got on this airplane this morning. And I'm looking at here. So <laughs> it was shocking. You know, we could not, uh, I could not stump Pastor Penn. He's just a walking <laughs> seminary like you. I mean, you, you, give, you give him a crumb and you get a couple loaves of bread out of him. Just awesome. Yeah, I was so proud because I was home listening when you called yesterday as well. And that's what I was telling Pastor Ron after I picked him up. I said, Pastor Ken can make that answer so full. It was it was crazy. And it was it's so cute because he will say, Pastor Ron just taught on this the other day or Pastor Ron said this. But Pastor Ken has his own groove. Right. It was it was (laughs) really, really good. Jeff, our, our church is in our church is in really good hands uh, when it's time for me to step away. And uh, um, Pastor Ken has been with me now for 13 years, and um, he is more than just a son in the faith to me. I'm so grateful. You know, one of the really great things about the programs for the last couple of days, uh, Pastor Ken's always available to to fill in for me. Uh, but uh, Paula couldn't go with me this time. I can't travel alone. Uh, because of my vision, it's just not safe for me to travel alone. Wrong so uh, Sam, Sam, who is the producer of the program here um, uh, at the show, uh, he he took he traveled with me to keep me safe, uh, and that means we needed that meant that we needed another producer for the show the last couple of days. And Sam's 13 year old son Jaden uh, filled in to do the producing. He's been watching Dad do it for a long time. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And uh, he did such a great job, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, now we're going to kind of try working in the regular rotation so he keeps his hand in. But, uh, Jeff, it's just one of those things where uh, God surrounds you with really, really gifted, spirit-filled, capable people. Mm-hmm. What's on your heart, Jeff? That's his, that's his kingdom. Yep. Um, yep. Well, Pastor, Pastor Ron, I, I had another question completely, but I'm... I love when you're talking about just church life and pastors and everything. And, and so I, I was reading uh, some comments from George Barna, the church statistician, and it's, this struck me. He said, you know, before someone, when someone visits the church and before they even hear the sermon, they've already sized up whether they're going to return to that church or not. And it starts with the first person they meet in the parking lot, uh, the person that meets them at the door, and the person they sit next to before even a word comes out of their mouth. And I, and I, was, I was remembering uh, at my time as a, my brief maybe month as a Mormon when I was 18 years old. That's another crazy story, but um, <laughs> the, Mormon, the, the Mormons really have that down. I mean, people flocked to them because they felt that sense of, of, of belonging and they were taught how to love. I was lured into it by two missionaries that took me on like their brother, and I was a hurting kid at the time. And they're just masterful at meeting family needs uh, it, so much that people... It doesn't matter what their doctrine is or what they believe in. You know, some people just completely ignore that. And yeah. and and I think you know, like what you're talking about. And I don't want to say the, the model because how you handle that is it's it's completely totally biblical. And you know, me coming from uh, 
right now that that this passionate Methodist background where they move pastors around. They reassign them sometimes every two or three years. And you think not one of them will be able to relate to the community they go to. They don't have enough time. They don't get to, like, you have the school and you get to see these children, you know, being born. Uh, the young lady you introduced, introduced us to at uh, Joy Jesus, who you've known her for 20 years, and now yeah. she's getting married. But, I mean, you've been a part of those lives. You've been a part of that family's life. You know how to minister to them. Because you've seen them go through the cycles of, of valleys and victories. You, and you is, know, Jeff, I, I, I pray often for denominational pastors. Uh, I can't imagine a worse existence than than being a pastor for two years and moving on, I can't imagine anything worse than that. You you, you know you, you you deal only with the heartbreak, the heartache. Uh, you don't get to see the hand of God move. Um, you, you just from one place to another, uh, and it makes no sense at all to me. And it would be the most difficult thing uh, imaginable for me. Well, one thing I do want to say, Jeff, and then we got somebody holding on the line, so I need to go to someone else. But one thing I do want to well, say. Is, be careful with Barna statistics and things. Barna, um, uh, you know, he's he's a pollster. Uh, he's in the business of selling information. Uh, he's also in the business of creating information. Um, in my business life, Barna was uh, 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 an important figure, so I'm familiar with what he does and how he does it. But here's what Barna neglects. Uh, he's giving all this advice to churches based on the polls that he's taking. And here's what he neglects. He neglects the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, George Barna, um, and I, I, I don't doubt the veracity of his polling and, or the way he compiles the numbers, um, but you know, God uses the foolish things of the world, uh, the weak things, the shameful things, the despised things, the things that are not. And, and he uses... Um, um, Somebody like me to stand up in front of people in what experts, including Barna, say is the uh, least effective form of communication, the lecture form. Uh, and and yet, when the Word of God goes out and the Holy Spirit, uh, in His power, is, is influencing the hearts and minds of people, that is the way that God has chosen to spread the Word of truth. And uh, I, I don't pay any attention at all to... to what people say, the, the, the church marketing experts, they've taken their cues from, from Barna, say, well, then we can't do this or we can't do this. And you know what? Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42 through the end of the chapter, that tells us what church is supposed to be. And when you're, when you're doing that, the Bible says Jesus is in the middle of that church. And when Jesus is in the middle of that church, then great things are going to result. Uh, it's a shame that not everybody's going to get it. You know, for every Barnabas who, who, whose heart's touched by the Holy Spirit, there's a, 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 an Ananias and Sapphira who, who, well, my heart's touched a little bit, but I still want my stuff and I still want credit for it. Um, and that's just the way it is with human beings. And I think as pastors, sometimes we have to remember only that, that uh, our job is to deliver the news. I tell my church all the time that uh, growing up, uh, growing up, uh, um, I had a paper route, and um, I would throw the newspaper, uh, and then every so often, uh, once a month, I'd go collect. That's the way it used to used to be done. Uh, back that's when they used to have kids throwing the newspaper, and uh, never once did I knock on the door and ask somebody, did you read the paper? I went to all this trouble making sure you got it. I put it on your porch, did everything you wanted. I'm going to give you a test to make sure you read it and understood it. Never never did I do that. Why? Because that was my job. My job was simply to deliver the news. Well, as Christians, our job is to deliver the news. As a pastor, my job is to deliver the news. And whether or not somebody reads it uh, the heart or mind that they read it with has nothing to do with me. Uh, my job is just to deliver it. I think it, we've forgotten that a lot in the church. And, and Barna's statistics in particular have forgotten that there is a power working here. I'm not convinced, I'm not sure that Barna is a believer. He's probably not. Mm -hmm. But um, why are we taking our cues from that? Acts chapter 2 tells us what church is supposed to be. Yeah. 
Jeff, thank you for the call. I appreciate it very, very much. Ron from Mason County, I'm so sorry that you held too long and had to hang up, but the phone lines are empty if you want to call back. Um, we'd love to have you call. Paul? Yeah, you know, talking about going back to the lost, the hurting, the hungry, broken, needy, confused. And, you know, with Lori's call, on, I love what she said, and it was very uh, uh, complimentary. But Calvary Chapel San Antonio is a church that God has chosen the people who come here because this is a very unique place. Um, he's got something special that he wants to do, and I think what he has done with the numbers of people that he's brought here, not just the numbers but the, the differing people, um, he's got something special, and he knew that uh, so many would say yes and remain faithful. Um, you know, we believe that Jesus is coming back soon, and he's got something that he wants to do, and we... Pastor Ron's been praying for this church for a long time. We don't want to miss out on anything. And so he's sending people, um, as we get to the next one, who are hungry. We've, we, we talked about the lost, the hurting, but the hungry, who want more of Jesus um, and are investing the time in getting to know him, not just to know about him, but to become more like him. And so we know that Jesus has brought the many people who are just so faithful. Um, uh, quite a few of them put me to shame, um, Pastor Ron, that, uh, you know, when I'm listening to some of our other lady teachers who teach, you know, on Monday nights, I mean, they are incredible. You can tell there's just a depth to their love. And some of them have been through deep hurting things, um, but they say stuff like, you know, when I'm when I'm going through things, that's when Jesus is the closest. Let's come back to this, Paula. Ron uh, from Mason County. Mason County is uh, 15 miles northwest of Fredericksburg. So, uh, Ron, thanks for calling back. You're on the air. Yep, always appreciate you too. Just had a oh, quick thanks, question Ron. here. Kind of fits into Halloween and the spiritual war and all the things that are going on. But okay. come up in my Bible study this week. Does God see Lucifer the same as He does the rest of us? Does He love Lucifer like He loves us? Oh, good question, Ron. He 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 does not see uh, Satan um, the way He sees the rest of us. Um, and I think we have to make a, a really important distinction between the angelic world and and humans. Um, angels who had the, the, the access to the throne of God, angels who have seen things that we can't even imagine, angels who have been given unbelievable supernatural power and the privilege not only of being in God's presence but being sent on missions for the Lord. Um, he gave them one opportunity, and that was the opportunity to serve him or to rebel. Satan was the instrument that he used to lead the rebellion. And what God knows that we can't possibly understand, what God knows is that they made a once forever decision. And so God doesn't look at them as objects of the gospel. Yes, he loves them. He created them. And in fact, in, in Lucifer's particular case, uh, Lucifer was made the, the most beautiful, the brightest of all of God's angels. And so you get this powerful angel who saw the face of God. Uh, an angel who covered, uh, Ezekiel 28, is an amazing description of him. Um, um, and when he chose, it was a one-time only chose. There's no coming back. Now, when God looks at us, he knows the choices we're going to make, but he keeps giving us opportunities day after day, year after year, to make the right choice and to come back to him. Mm -hmm. And um, um, so he sees us as potential um, recipients of the good news, uh, Satan is not. Uh, it broke God's heart when Satan fell. Uh, it breaks God's heart still when Satan causes others to fall. But Satan has become um, uh, an unchanging enemy of God. Um, and uh, so many of us who are humans who start out as enemies of God, uh, we become servants of God. Satan is never going to have that opportunity. So based on what he knows, Ron, um, uh, God doesn't look at him the same way he looks at us. He gives us more and more chances 
and Satan had just the one chance. You know, Paula, thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I love that question, by the way. Can I, can I say one thing? Yeah, I've got two minutes. Um, in John 17, as you were talking, uh, Ron, my favorite Ron from Mason County, Ron, not you, this Ron. <laughs> um, in John 17, 23, Jesus speaking, of course, he says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That's one of my favorite scriptures. God the Father loves you, Ron, from Mason County as much as he does Jesus. What? That's just amazing. Me yeah. too, man. Yeah, and, and again, uh, uh, the, 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 the distinction has to be made between the angelic world. I think to us in the human realm, Paula, it's a, a contradiction. Well, God is love, so how could he judge Satan? Why won't he forgive Satan? Uh, uh, Jesus said, too much is given, much more is required. And they were given the most. Yeah. So angels had a one-time-only chance, and uh, they made the wrong choice that the fallen ones did. Uh, you and I, we get to make a choice every day yeah. to serve the Lord. So God is gracious, and he is patient. Mm-hmm. Paula, we're inside now one minute. This half hour has flown by, so... Yes, Oops, now we're inside 30 seconds. You know? Anything you want to say quickly? Be safe. Remember Jesus, walk with him. He's out there in the darkness with you. Shine brightly. God bless you. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. We will be back, hopefully, Lord willing, tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.